Hey everyone, and welcome to Theonomony, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy Collins, the host of Theonomony. So this week we are actually airing the first episode of the podcast that I recorded. That is an interview that I recorded well before the first episode even dropped in preparation for getting the podcast started. It is an interview with Brandon Durham from Dominion Dating. It was a good interview. We talked about his truly Christian dating service, which if any of my listeners are single, I most definitely think you should be jumping on. If I were still single, I would be using his service myself because I don't want to try to meet a Christian girl and her be some kind of egalitarian or anything like that. And I am very happy that my girlfriend is none of those things because that is how you have a horrible marriage is a, uh, as an egalitarian marriage. So dominion dating is none of those things. It is actually Christian. It is actually biblical and how it views distinctions between men and women. That is men and women are ontologically equal but economically unequal and before you freak out on me for that remember that the trinity the three persons of the trinity are ontologically equal because they all share fully in the being of god but they are economically unequal because they each take a different role in redemption and also before you take that too far i am not rooting gender roles in the trinity i am using that as a comparison gender roles are rooted in the created order Uh, So, with all that being said, and with those qualifiers and those meanderings and tangents, let's go ahead and play this interview with Brandon Durham from Dominion Dating. Hey everyone, this is Jeremy here with Brandon Durham, and uh, he is the creator of Dominion Dating. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dominion Dating or not. I first heard of it a few months ago listening to Eric Kahn's podcast, the Hard Men podcast. So uh, I would tell you a bit of what Dominion Dating is, but that's what Brandon is here for. So I'll let him do that. Sweet. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jeremy. I appreciate it, man. Is this like the first episode? I know you're getting underway. Uh, So. Uh, this is the first episode recorded. I'm going to try to get an introductory episode and then a couple more out here. So okay. hopefully when this actually drops, this will be episode number like four or five or something. Okay. Awesome, man. I'm super excited to to get to be one of your guests early on and uh, really um, pretty pumped to see how your podcast takes off. I think it's on a really uh, such an important, I guess, focus with the household and, and money, economics, theonomy. So uh, love to be here with you. Um, Dominion dating is, is a, an idea that came to me after about 10 plus years of doing Christian online dating. And really, uh, I was, uh, I guess, in on that whole thing early 
so uh, when it was kind of a new thing. So, you know, navigating kind of the pioneer days of online dating was very frustrating. And I think um, out of that frustration and just seeing a lot of uh, problems with, with conventional Christian dating sites, I decided to try my hand at it. I, I really uh, want to reach a, a demographic, Jeremy, that maybe are kind of hesitant to do online dating for some of the same reasons I was, uh, and, and namely just because the dating pool on Christian dating sites is just not that good. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of uh, Christian feminists or egalitarians or people who just don't have a biblical framework for even pursuing marriage. So trying to reach a better dating pool to help people uh, actually connect with godly singles. That's really cool. And uh, if I remember right, you said that you actually need to have a pastoral recommendation or pastoral letter to be a part of this. So this isn't just going to be some you know, nominally Christian dating site where as long as you say you're a Christian, you can get on. You actually have to be active enough at your church that one of the elders will write you a letter of recommendation to get on. I think that's good yeah. to narrow the herd of the yeah. more nominal but not committed Christians. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you if you've tried any of the kind of the big dating sites, you'll know that there are tens of thousands of men and women on these sites, and it is a daunting task to sift through so many profiles, look at so many pictures, read so many bios, and then it just seems like they're all. Um, just so uh, culturally conformed. I mean, it's it's really like looking for a needle in a haystack trying to get married on a on a conventional site. So our approach is to have a very robust members agreement that that everyone that joins uh, subscribes to. So we're we're weeding out a lot of cultural Christians who who don't have a biblical paradigm for marriage or even sexuality what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And uh, that, that's, to, that's to refine the dating pool. And then the, the, to your point, the, um, the pastoral reference, uh, which we will cross-check and verify to, you know, with due diligence, that's just to weed out any posers or predators or, or really people who are disingenuous, not, not really um, the, the people that we want on the site. So yeah, we're, we're just taking a little bit different approach on the front end and then trying to create a, a culture um, that's going to be conducive to people getting married and, and getting on with their life, honestly. Yeah, I think that's really cool. It seems like there's on one side, so many that so many Christians, single young men and single young women that are looking for someone that's more on that, uh, broad complementarian or patriarchal side and actually more serious about building a household. But yet there's so few that they're few and far between. And I'm 23 by the, by the time this episode drops, I'll probably be 24. And then uh, I just a few months ago started dating. And so I was basically like 23 years, never really had a girlfriend because it just seemed like so many young uh, people my age are either nominally Christian or not really interested in wanting to build a household the way guys like Michael Foster or C.R. Wiley talk about it. And I was uh, blessed by God that actually it was a friend of mine I met doing ministry outside of abortion mills. He uh, 
decided to introduce me to his daughter and his daughter is now my girlfriend. So that's probably about as patriarchal as it gets with meeting your Lord willing future spouse. That's awesome, man. I mean, ideally, I think we'd all rather meet that way, you you know, more organically, more locally. Nobody wants to pay um, and, and to look, you know, long distance. That's not that's not our first, you know, that's not plan A for anyone. But unfortunately, in our generation, the church has failed to such a large degree. And this is going back decades, if not centuries. It's been a slow, steady decline of, of just or just a gap of understanding on on you know marriage and sexuality so people uh young, young people <laughs> are just so confused right now they do not have a paradigm from which to operate and so um, those that do are highly frustrated because their their prospects are so sparse and so uh you know my encouragement is there are godly men and godly women out there. <laughs> We're going to do our level best to find you guys and help you guys get together. And we want to come alongside those pastors and churches who are preaching productive household, uh, biblical paradigm for marriage, um, and who are not ashamed of, of this biblical paradigm. So we want to partner. And honestly, my vision is to see uh, a recovery of the dominion mandate in Genesis, you know, be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, a recovery of, of a, a robust doctrine of the household, and to see people getting excited again about embracing our God-given uh, gender roles, uh, men stepping up and leading as men, and women coming alongside as, as helpmates, recovering a, a robust home. These are things that excite me, and I believe it's catching fire. I believe it's catching on. And Dominion Dating is just simply one tool to help kind of fuel that marriage reformation. That's really cool. Yeah, if I was still single, I'd definitely be wanting to jump on this. And I will be recommending this to friends I have that are single that I know are on the level of the type of like the caliber of people that you want. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned a bit about productive property. So, you know, well, I know we both like Michael Foster. Uh, I've read C.R. Wiley's Household in the War for the Cosmos. Right now I'm reading Man of the House. And I know there's probably at least a few listeners yelling at me right now saying you're reading them in the backwards order, but it's whatever my local library had. So that's <laughs> why that they came in that order. But um, he talks a lot in both of those about productive property. And then guys like Eric Kahn and Jared Sparks and Michael Foster, they all talk about productive property and how that the household starts with the husband and wife, and then it extends out to children, people they might have staying with them for various reasons. And then even just like the actual property itself, how they are making their land or their tools or whatever it is productive. So um, what do you think we talk a bit about that kind of relate the idea of a household, which Dominion Dating is trying to build households and then relate that back to economics? Yeah, I think that's a great a great conversation to jump in, and I'll try to contribute what I can. I'm a I'm a student, uh, you know. I'm 40 right now, but I grew up without uh, a really a robust doctrine of the household, so I'm, I'm really playing catch up. Uh, I'm a student. I'm I'm you know just like you. I'm re- reading guys like C.R. Wiley, Michael Foster. I've uh, been listening to guys on Twitter like Brian Sovey, Jared Sparks, um, and certainly love Doug Wilson. Uh, just guys who who are have a bold vision here. I'm I'm just learning along the way, so would love to chat that up with you. Yeah. So, 
is that what you really see the vision for Dominion Dating, not just to get people coupled up and stop there, but to really build this biblical idea of a household, a productive household? Absolutely, man. I, I want, um, and I want that for my own household. I want a vision for, for, for a, a better future than just uh, going out nine to five and slaving for somebody. Um, and, and then sending my kids off to college to be devoured by secularism and, and, and not being productive. I, I want something better for myself and for, for our generation. So um, th- this is the conversation to have. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I like that. Um, So when do you think you first really got keyed into this type of stuff with a productive household? Was it when you first got married or was it sometime before then or after that? Uh, it kind of reminds me of, of uh, to use a, I'm a country boy, to use a metaphor. I, I smelled a rotting fish long before I could put my finger on where it was coming from. I mean, I, you know, I went to college when I was 18 and, and things were so, uh, different from my rural traditional country upbringing where, where there was still some semblance of, of a productive household, even though it's, you know, still, uh, not the, the robust picture we see in the Bible, but, but what I saw in, in, in college was just so foreign to me. Um, it just, it was a total different vision for um, that that young men and women were shooting for, and so uh, it really threw me for a loop. And I, I went I went on to study at Bible college and become a pastor, and and have preached and shep, you know shepherded God's people all, all around the world, including Taiwan and Slovakia. But um, this has just remained a gap in my thinking for so long, knowing something wasn't there, but just having no, uh, real leads. (laughs) I mean, everything that I read in the Bible had been explained away by the, I guess the modern feminist lens that I was, that I grew up in the egalitarian lens. I just, every, everything about the household was just kind of truncated. And so I didn't have much to offer. Uh, I'm just now in the last couple of years beginning to hear voices uh and and sound teaching that's opening this thing up for me and so you know um you know michael foster uh not not too long ago commented on just his own gaps of understanding in in the doctrine of the household and i think that's been my experience in the last few years um i mean for the longest i could i sensed something was just missing I, i wasn't seeing things but wasn't until I began to uh, listen to these guys over the last, I would say, two to three years that I'm realizing how much I was missing. And so I'm, I feel like I'm just beginning, Jeremy, honestly, just beginning to, to uh, I feel like I found Narnia. I found the closet and I've just now set foot into this world of, of, of potential and possibility for what, what the productive household can be. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I think my journey into all this stuff started with uh, several years ago, I was 19 or 20, listening to a ton of Bodie Bauckham and Paul Washer sermons on marriage and family off of YouTube and sermon audio. And then I was listening to Cross Politic and they introduced me to Tony Dapani and Joseph Spurgeon. And 
they introduced me to Michael Foster and he introduced me to Eric Kahn and just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. You know, it really reminds me, um, I, I, heard, I read a quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, every age has its own outlook. Um, every age is specifically or especially good at seeing certain truths, but then specially liable to make certain mistakes. And so um, every age has, I guess, blind spots, uh, Lewis says, that are characteristic of that period. And I think we're in a modern gynocentric age, uh, uh, which just is a total subversion of the biblical household. And unfortunately, the church has taken the posture over the last, you know, decades or so of being ashamed of this, you know, this, the, the, the teaching around the household. And so um, this is a blind spot uh, in our generation. So it's going to take intentionality to, to um, c- come and fill these gaps of understanding for, for the young folks who are coming in our, in our steps, guys, guys, your age, you guys really need to find those teachers. And, and so uh, I appreciate the guys who are, they're discovering the old divines, the old books um, on this subject. They're, they're bringing up guys from the, the, Pur- the Puritan age or the reformers age, um, so on and so forth. Yeah. And we definitely need a lot of that with, for our current generation, our current culture, like you were saying, because how many people, maybe listeners are the this podcast, maybe not, I don't know, but how many people in the culture at the time heard you at the beginning say this is a more like patriarchal type of thing and just immediately thought of like abusive husbands and abusive fathers because right. that's the only type of patriarchy they can think of. But yeah, that word just means father rule. It, it basically yeah. just means a husband leading his family, like Paul says, a husband should lead his family in Ephesians 5. Yeah. When you consider that that thought that, that we've been so conditioned in the church, and I, and I include myself here, I, I was taught to cringe at the word patriarchy, that that was the uh, you know enemy. And so the fact that the church by and large is ashamed of that word tells you how far gone we are on, on recovering a biblical household because you don't have a biblical household apart from patriarchy. God has so ordered the cosmos and ordered human society. And, and as you said, the, the father rule is, is God's design. Good, godly men leading and ruling well with a limited God-given authority is, is the way God has created his world. And so we need to stop being ashamed of that. that, is, that that's the beginning point. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and the, the beginning of our ignorance on this subject is the fear of man. And so we need to really repent. This, this whole thing begins with a repentance for being ashamed because of the culture we, we find ourselves in. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, talking a little bit more about relating all of this with like patriarchy and the family back to a more economic and productive household. You know, you get so many ideas with people that it's just the husband goes out and works somewhere else in a factory or maybe a white collar job. And he's, his main job is just being a producer. And then the wife's main job is to just sit at home as the consumer. And that's really not the way things were prior to just the last century, century and a half. Before then, 
it wasn't the husband goes out somewhere and makes the money while the wife just stays at home and consumes it, spending stuff, buying stuff for it. It was both were working together to build a household. The husband's responsibilities were more the things that focused external to it. And the wife wife's was the one focusing internal, but both were producing in their own ways. And really a lot of the men, most of the men would try to have some sort of uh, occupation or vocation that they could train their sons up. in. it wasn't like you know, you can't just bring your son to some factory and show him what you do on the assembly line all day. That really wasn't how it was until recently. It was yeah, dads teaching up their sons how to do the same job they did and passing on culture and religion and things like that through teaching their children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of, of a, a, a parallel in the Old Testament when, when the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem in 586 BC, and it just was in utter ruin, and and the people were carried away into exile. Um, it turned the world upside down. I kind of think uh, that's what the industrial revolution did to the biblical household. It just turned it on its head, and it, it just sent the family unit into exile. Uh, and so, um, this this productive this you know center of production and economy and 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 just cre- creating culture it was flattened and so uh, everything was decentralized um, the means of production was taken out of the home uh, with factories and then education was taken out of the home with with government schools discipleship was really um, kind of farmed out to the church even hospitality <laughs> was, uh, de, I guess, decentralized because now people rarely even entertain in their homes. We just go out to eat because it's easier. And so uh, Michael Foster, I, I don't know if he coined this or he borrowed this, but he talks in his podcast about the em- emaciated households. And I think that's a very stark picture of what modernity and, and really a secular worldview has done to the home. It is emaciated. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's skin and bones. I mean, uh, C.R. Wiley talked about how it's, it's nothing more than recreation centers. We go home and watch Netflix. Uh, we retreat from the world in our home. Uh, it's no longer a weapon <laughs> in the spiritual warfare. And, and even worse, it's a point of pride. It's something we brag about on Facebook, look at, you know, look at my house, look what I've got. Um, it's just, uh, the whole thing is, is really turned on its head. And I think, um, we need Nehemiahs who are going to rebuild the walls and say, come home and let's rebuild this thing. Yeah, that's really good. I really like everything you're doing with that, with dominion dating, trying to bring back Christians that are solid in their faith that want to try to think about what marriage in the church looked like for the first 1900 years before feminism kind of took over what marriage looked like in the church and bring back that productive household. Yeah. So uh, was there anything else that you wanted to say uh, in wrapping up and closing? Any last words you wanted to say? Well, I, sorry, my dogs are (laughs) barking back here. Uh, (laughs) They're not very productive, but (laughs) well, I just think that 
I don't remember who it was I listened to, but all of us are going to work, right, Jeremy? <laughs> work is uh, a big part of life. God gave us work. It's good. Yeah, it's not part uh, of the fall. Adam was working right. in Genesis 2. Yeah. So really the question uh, is, are you going to, you're going to work on someone's productive property. You're going to, you're going to work either for someone as a tenant worker, or you're going to be a, a ruler. You're going to work and in, in, in be, have your own productive property. And so that's a paradigm I just never considered or, or even had put to me growing up. So I just, um, I think that's a vision that a lot of people have never even dared to imagine that they might work on their own productive property and not be just a worker, be for someone else enriching another man's household when they could also enrich their household. So I would say um, the the people to listen to on this, um, check out It's Good to Be a Man podcast with uh, Michael Foster, non-tenant. Uh, Eric Kahn has a great podcast called Hardman Podcast. Uh, Jared Sparks is on Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The books you mentioned by C.R. Wiley, Man of the House, The War for the Cosmos. Um, there's a book for ladies put out by Canon Press called Even Exile. But I would just say we all owe it to ourselves um, and to the Lord to recover a doctrine of the household. And there's just so much rich content coming out right now that is taking, taking us back to the Bible for a second look to fill up these categories that have been so anemic for so many years. And I just listened to Eric Kahn or sorry, um, Michael, Michael Foster. He has an episode called recovering biblical, a biblical household. So he lays out some practical steps on recovering um, a biblical household. And one of the, uh, so, so he, he talks about start with hospitality, open your home up, start with education, homeschooling, discipleship, catechism, and start with economics, uh, a side hustle, uh, eBay, online, sewing, selling, but use your skills and develop your skills so that you can um, build your household. Yeah. And use the tools God's already given you. If you have, if you own your own house, you have land there and you don't have any HOA saying you can't grow stuff, then use it. I was just yesterday getting a couple of trees cut down by a friend of mine. And he was telling me about how he can get fruit trees wholesale. So he'll give me that same wholesale price. He gets to buy some fruit trees and he'll help mm -hmm. me out with like building a chicken coop in my backyard and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I love it. Where I live, I don't have an HOA, so I can pretty much do anything I want as long as it's not illegal and doesn't tick off my neighbors. Yeah, man, that is fantastic. I mean, <laughs> it, the, the thing is, a productive property is hard work, but it's very rewarding. And so you, you can either work hard and be rewarded for your, your own work, or you, you work hard for someone else and they reap the reward. But, but I would say that's really in our hands. And we, we have such a great opportunity here to, to learn and grow. And I, I just hope and pray that our generation will recover a robust doctrine of the household and, and, and underneath that umbrella is definitely the, the point 
um, that I think you're wanting to speak to with your podcast, and that is uh, a productive property uh, economically. Yeah. Amen. That's good. So I can't remember at the beginning, did you give a website for people to go to? I think you said this probably won't be officially live until around August, right? Yeah. I would encourage anyone who is interested in Dominion dating just to go to our website and it's super easy to remember. It's dominion.dating. We're on a mission to recover the Dominion mandate in Genesis chapter one, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and take Dominion. And so our goal is to launch in August, this dating site with 1000 plus doctrinally sound marriage ready singles who are ready to take dominion. And so check us out, uh, join our mailing list for updates. And uh, we really need people who believe in us to fund our April crowdfund, uh, which is coming up. Now I realize this podcast may come out after that, but whenever you hear this, uh, check us out and we would love for you to uh, consider um, joining our site. Cool. Well, uh, once again, thank you for coming on. It was good to have you. And I hope that if I have any listeners that are single and are desiring marriage, that they will come check out your site. Cause I don't think there is a dating website out there. That's even half as good as yours, let alone anything close to on par. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for the plug. And thank you so much for having me on today, Jeremy. I hope your podcast takes off and sharpens us. Thanks. Thank you. So that was my interview with Brandon Durham from Dominion Dating. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace. Satisfies me, your love is sweet, oh you.